let's go. Agent 89 is back from Germany, and I'm super excited. I had a 17-hour flight, so we're going to get right into it. But salutations. I don't know how to say hello in German, so I'm just going to say cheers. German feels almost like a perfect language for you. It's very aggressive. It's very, I'm going to shout at you. Yes, they do shout. They do shout at you. Yeah, like I love you is aggressive. Like everything they say is super aggressive. Yeah. I've noticed a lot of people say something about my glazed eyes. So I have to, I'm going to say it. My glazed eyes is because for the last couple of weeks, I have my body cannot remember which time zone we're in. Monday flew to LA, did total access Tuesday. Wednesday, flew to Germany, was out there back, and then tomorrow, I head to Thursday Night Football. Chicago actually loves me. Been able to throw out their first pitch as a Carolina Panther at the Chicago Cubs. You know why? Because they realize they notice a dog when they see a dog. <laughs> roof, roof, roof. <laughs> right? Gave me a jersey and everything. Listen. I, Say it. I respect, Say it. I respect and love you. I just lost so much respect for the city of Chicago. You cannot what? be flying in road players to be throwing in out first pitch. That would never happen in Boston. And if it has, I don't want to see the photographic proof. I know that's never <laughs> happened in Boston. That's that's Midwest but, behavior if I've heard it. Holy, nobody asked you, bro. I, stop raining on Agent 89's parade. I, like a, I, I started it off by saying I was happy for you. You started your dominance building. on the city Haters of Chicago. building. No, I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> so, if you're trying to figure out why do I always look like this, your bruh, dog, I'm tired sometimes. I'm, Shout I'm out really the pre-workout. Like, Shout out the pre-workout. Hey, it's not even pre-workout. I'm just sitting here. I woke, I've been up since 4 o'clock this morning. So, that's what it is. Let's get into some football, though, right now. Hey, Coley, are the Buffalo Bills in trouble? Yeah, yeah. Why do you say that? I'm well, more concerned. I don't think they're in trouble. Go ahead. Trouble depends on what you mean by trouble. Like, for Super Bowl, yeah. They, I mean, I think that discussion's over. I, like, the window is shut. In terms of just, like, walking around the earth, I think they're fine. But if if their aspirations are the Super Bowl, yeah, big trouble. Well, I, I, I think that, you know, one of the biggest issues right now, I think what the Buffalo Bills has to do with two things. I believe it has to do with Josh Allen, right? And this offense. Not Josh Allen is the problem, but it's problematic. He's allowed to do a lot of things that I don't believe is actually helping the offense. Their secondary is holding them back right now. And what do I mean by that? Look at who the Buffalo Bills have to play. They played the Bengals. That didn't work out. No. <laughs> They still have to play the Dolphins, and we'll get into the Dolphins. But the Dolphins, what are they known? By throwing the football. And the Jets. Now, the Jets' defense and their secondary, their ability to slow people down keeps them in games. Mm -hmm. You know, what Zach Wilson can and can't do, that's on the offense. But the defense is helping and giving them every opportunity, game in, series, quarter, every opportunity to get it going. And the Buffalo Bills are struggling in the secondary. And it also has to do with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow and the contrary. Here's a question for you, Coley. Mm -hmm. When the quarter, who's better when he's hot? When he's hitting on all cylinders, when he's in his bag, who do, who's, hot, who's a better quarterback when he's hot? Joe Burrow 
or Josh Allen? Joe Burrow by a lot. Why? A lot. Please. Oh, by a lot. Tell me why a lot, please. Even when Josh Allen's cooking, he's still extremely turnover prone. Even at his mm-hmm. best, he's still turning the ball over. He's still liable to fumble it. Joe Burrow at his best can get to the Super Bowl and have the ball with the chance to win at the end of the game. Now, it didn't work out. But Josh Allen can't even get past the AFC Championship. Can't get past the Chiefs. Joe Burrow's beat the Chiefs. That's where it's like, I, I don't know. Joe Burrow, to me, he's done it. He did it at college. He's done it so far in the NFL. He takes September off, and then he gets to cooking every year. Joe Burrow is as good as anyone not named Patrick Mahomes in the league. I find it interesting that we keep talking about Josh Allen, but I'll throw this question out. When you talk about the AFC and you talk about the AFC Championship or Championship Sunday, people seem to assume or or, or the average fan We keep putting the Buffalo Bills in this championship category, and they haven't gotten past the divisional round. The last couple of years, the only two quarterbacks that we're talking about in the AFC championship game are Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. It hasn't been Josh Allen. It hasn't been the Buffalo Bills. No. And, And yet we keep throwing Josh Allen in that category as if he's made an appearance. The Right? We... The league changed the rules to try and help him get to the championship game because oh they changed gosh. the overtime rules like that. Last year before the season, NFL Network, they were they were saying the Bills were gonna go 19 and 0, 20 and 0. They were they were like this team's been gassed more than any team that's done nothing in my entire lifetime. Any sport. I've I've never seen anything like it. I just got dumb. Did you say your whole entire lifetime? How old are you? 34. So you're telling me right now. That in your 34 years, mm-hmm. you know, give or take, because I know the first, you know, five or six years, you, you know. Let's yeah, say, like, first, like maybe like the, the 94 Supersonics were getting some like crazy gas <laughs> okay. that I didn't see. Okay, because I was about to say, well, <laughs> in sports, everybody's gassed up. So no doubt. Let's not, let's not say, oh, they've been given gas. They've been gassed up the most by anyone in your 34 years. Oh, come on. That's a little bit. I've never seen a team like you just said, that's never even made it to the, the semifinal just be handed the trophy without actually earning it. Like they were prior to last year. And I get it. Like they were a team that was ascending that, that stopped pretty quickly. Well, they're, they're exciting team, right? Well, you have a quarterback that can rip and run uh, who's, who's considered um, when he scrambles, he's more dangerous than sitting in the pocket which I don't think – I think that's not the case. I think teams are now starting to get him out of the pocket because he's more, he's less effective when he's out of the pocket, in my opinion. Well, let me, ask you, opinion. Let me ask you this. If he – let's say you, you push him so he's, he's rolling to his right, doesn't that cut the field in, in half, if not even thirds? Because then he's really only looking at the side he's running not, to. Not really. I think I, – I believe – you look at Josh Allen, you talk about Josh Allen, right? Watching the broadcast, one of the things that they talked about, Chris Collinworth talked about something that I thought was very interesting. They had a double spy on Josh Allen. They were like, hey, this is the time you get the sense that the, the way the Buffalo Bills can come back if Josh Allen gets out of the pocket, that's one of those 20-yard runs where he can put the offense on his back. And I'm sitting there going, I'm taking notes going, that's the, that is the exact thing you don't want him to do. Right. Because I think he's not, I think he's less effective. 
right? I think the whole scramble and extend plays, he hit when he extends plays, he's a he doesn't really extend plays for the positive. He's not like Joe Burrow, who he extended a play against San Francisco 49ers, T. Higgins. Great pass. He extended plays uh yes uh, was it was it yesterday? And what is today? Today's yeah, Tuesday. Whatever day it was, <laughs> Sunday. When he extends plays, he was throwing the ball over like T. Higgins to all these different people. Joe Burrow ability to ex- extend plays makes the Cincinnati Bengals better, right? Because he's keeping his eyes down the field. He's not looking to run. Sure. Look, his his ability to run is added. Like it's icing on a cake. With Josh Allen, with Josh Allen, we give the, him this hall pass of he's better on a run. I don't think he is. I don't think he's better on a run. I think he's I think he's hurting his team by being on a run. Not that in, intentionally, but they're less effective. They're not as potent. Well, it's one thing you've talked about a lot on here too. I think it's beneficial for he and Diggs. You know what I mean? Because Diggs is not running like you've said in the past. He's not running assigned routes. He does he gets to kind of freelance out there just to get open. So I think with them two it works, but what's kind of their biggest problem on offense is no one's emerge to take that number two role it's Gabe Davis sometimes it's Dawson Knox when he's healthy in the red zone it's become Dalton Kincaid since he uh recovered from that concussion but there's been no consistency from that number two receiver really since this run started well all I know is I'm watching the game and I'm looking at the Cincinnati Bengals really are starting to leapfrog Mm -hmm. the Buffalo Bills I'll be interested to see a Lou Anaromo defense. Can he scheme up some things that we'll get into like Spags did that I really believe is a tale of, of saying, if you don't have a secondary that you understand what their strengths and weaknesses are and you maximize that, you can really find yourself having your team disappoint your fan base, because they're going to get to the playoffs and really be creamed, and no one and 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 the fan base is going to be left outraged, and the and the organization will have to do something to the coaching staff, whether it's a position or a coordinator, to really make some some big moves to possibly retain the head coaching job. And one of the biggest differences between these two teams to me is the front office work because it feels like the Bills have become stagnant, whereas uh, the Bengals, they lost their most of their secondary this offseason. What did they do? Not this past draft, the draft before. They drafted a year early. Dax Hill and Cam Taylor-Britt have been awesome for this secondary, and Lou's done a good job getting those guys ready to take on those full-time roles. The Bills took Kyer Elam in the first round last year. He They just had to trade for a cornerback because he doesn't do anything. Those misses are devastating for a team. They, they, they are starting – it's starting to become their rear's ugly head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are several plays, man. The T. Higgins play. Um, I don't know if this statistic really matters, but I, I, I saw this, and it just kind of threw me off. 20-2, and two, including the postseason, since 2021. When the when the Cincinnati Bengals score first, they're twenty and two. 
and then you go back and look. I was watching the game, and, and I was watching the chess match, right? And it goes out first quarter at the uh, 122 minute mark. The T Higgins play with uh, Joe with Joe Burrow, right there. They're going out there. He's extending. He goes, and then all of a sudden, bang! Just just throws a pass to T. Higgins, and then T. Higgins says, you know what? Man, I want this. Going across the middle, sees him, gets his eyes, catchable throw, not 100 miles an hour, mm-hmm. and T. Higgins says, man, I'm going to go after it. Man, I love that. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase gets, you know, ding, dinged up, and they got other guys willing to answer. And it's not like willing to answer whether they're catch a pass, but these guys are finishing. And then the other thing I watch Man, times are changing. Football has changed so much. I don't understand. You have the ball on the three-yard line. And what do you do? You're in shotgun formation. (laughs) You motion out, guys. I'm going, when has the game changed so much where we're three yards from the end zone and we're just going to go ahead and go in shotgun formation? Man, the game has changed so much that the – fundamentals of things, you start to eliminate 90% of what a team has to do defensively. You've eliminated that process. You've eliminated that process for you because now you're lining up. You go, well, if they're in shotgun formation or pistol formation, we know they're not running the football. Or if they are, it's only really going to be a draw. It can't be something too creative. Now you could get creative if you're under center, but if you're not under center, it really starts to play in the hands of the quarter, it play in the hands of the defense, which is why some of these teams are starting to struggle over and over and over again. I've never seen so many fourth and ones or fourth one, fourth and two, fourth and three, and they're in shotgun formation. They're going for it. It, it makes me think if the Eagles were doing this brotherly shove stuff 20 years ago, I don't think anyone's even talking about it because everyone else was also lining up trying to get pushes. They would just be doing it more successfully. But in today's NFL, it looks so much more abnormal because teams don't run the ball in those situations. Teams don't get under center in those situations. And everyone's crying because that's what real football looks like. Yeah, the spread it out, third and one, fourth and one, fourth and goal, it's disgusting. It's, it's genuinely disgusting. Well, I was, I was just thinking about it as a as an analyst, I was thinking about it, but as a football player, I was going, man, I would love that. But then it also shrinks the field. Mm-hmm. It's terribly hard to catch passes now because now everything has to be drawn up to, to trickeration. You can't just do the normal stuff. The only normal stuff you can do is up in the fringe area. The Buffalo Bills, I believe, with Cooks, I think at some point only has seven yards rushing. If you don't run the football, you now allow the defense to eliminate what the possibility and why that becomes an issue. Here's why. If you have rush ends who now know you're not going to run the football, their responsibility of containing or keeping edge, setting the edge, edge. holding the edge leaves. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Right. It's not a concern. And so now go. you have an edge rusher. You have, thank you. You have an edge rusher saying, man, I can tee off. <laughs> Pin my ears back. 
Here I go. It's it's like the old it's like the old school days when the when the dog was sitting on the porch and the milkman or the mailman came through and they get mad. And you know what they say about a dog? You yet you ne- you rarely see a dog stretch before he goes and runs after you. He just knows, hey, that milkman coming on every Thursday. Let me go ahead and sit out on the porch and let me go ahead and chase him. And that's what it is. You peel back ears and go. And so I, I just think they're 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 hampering themselves without the ability of running the football. Yeah, and a you, lot of teams are doing that. You constantly talk about you're you're just trying to sift through data as the game goes. And if if you know the other team's not going to run it, that data becomes so much more simpler. It's like, well, okay, we just get to look at certain parts of the field. Where's Diggs? We got Diggs. Okay, this is we're done. We're 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 all set now. We're ready to go. Yeah, it, it just becomes it it becomes bad. And and unless you are gonna make it a conscious habit to run the football, and I just keep hearing people talk about now that well they can't run the football, so they're gonna draw up plays that can be as good as a run play. It's not working. It may work against a lesser opponent, but top tier teams in the playoffs, you gotta run the football. If you don't run the football, they're gonna eliminate the pass and then you're left with nothing. Yeah. I mean, they also play in Buffalo. Like, that needs to be – they didn't build a dome just for the playoffs that I'm aware of. We saw a couple years ago, Mac Jones' rookie year, the Patriots went in there, threw the ball three times, and beat the Bills because the Bills were trying to throw it through, like, a rain and ice storm with crazy wind. um, Yeah, wind was, like, 30 miles an hour. Might be greater. Somebody will tell us in the comments exactly how much it was because they have time now to sit around and look for it. (laughs) We don't. But if they get to January at home, they're like Buffalo should be one of the best running teams in the league. There's no uh, Travis Henry back there. They're not the Bills of old and both good and bad ways. They need to run the ball. They need to show three things they need to do. One, they have to consistently have the run game show up where teams need to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Two, the secondary needs to be addressed because when you look at this team, and you look at the teams in the NFC going that possibly have an opportunity to go to Super Bowl, they all have really good pass catchers. Mm-hmm. And then third, offense, has, they need to ha- sustain long drives. How are you having a RPO or run game, play action, that no one believes you're going to actually run the football? <laughs> right. Only person you're tricking is you. That's all semantics. <laughs> you're over here doing all of this stuff. That we know all you're going to do is drop back and throw the football. So that just doesn't make sense to me, right? You got uh, Uncle Leonard, Leonard Fournette, on practice squad right now. Are you going to, you, you know, you got him on the practice squad because you're, you're saying that you're going to start running the football win. When it counts, it counts now. <laughs> I also think with Tampa last year, he had maybe like top five for reception. So I don't even know that they truly believe they're going to hand him the ball. I think they're using him as another pass catcher. Let's go ahead and move on to the, to the Cowboys. Why are you snickering? Well, because we were talking earlier about teams that get too much gas. And for me, when the Cowboys. Hey, 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 that's America's team. Now watch your mouth now. Well, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth now. I'm just telling you what they're telling me. Watch your mouth now. I I wasn't my brain wasn't turned on for when they were winning these Super Bowls. You know what I mean? I was just coming into hold on, you're, you, man. You, so hold on. So let me get this selective uh, year year thing you're doing. 
So the Buffalo Bills have been gassed up your in your most by any team in your lifetime. And now you don't remember the gas being given to the Cowboys when you were still. Well, when you win, it's not gas. Oh, got you. I like that. I like that. Okay. Okay. That's just the facts. That's the facts. Excuse me. All right. I hear you talking with your chest. But the last 20 years, I mean, the Cowboys are for sure up there the last 20 years in terms of teams that get gas that do not live up to it. No doubt. Uh, that's what my whole like conscientious life is them being like, they just, they lose in hysterical ways. I've never seen a franchise so consistently reinvent ways to lose, like stepping out of bounds on a two point conversion. That doesn't happen to other teams. It just doesn't. Hold on now, because I hear people talking about it. Oh, he can't step out of bounds. People step out of bounds every play. Don't they? No. Like that. Yes, yes, they do. They Every play? The a lot. <laughs> Somebody is stepping out of bounds because you got to go in and out. So, yes, they do step out. They are stepping out, right? <laughs> and and here's the thing. Here's one of the things that I was thinking about when I was watching the Dallas game, right? Let's go to the play where uh, Dak Prescott is stepping out of bounds. One of the things that's tough, Dak Prescott, I felt, did everything possible to keep his squad in the game. He played tremendously. He played tremendous. Here's the part that I do think they need before before we run this that they need. I was thinking about what's going on. They threw the ball to CeeDee Lamb as many times as they possibly can, right? Mm-hmm. They did. They had to. But you remember when we did this last year and I talked about the Amari Cooper effect? Mm-hmm. CeeDee Lamb is a unbelievable wide receiver. But you can't expect C.D. Lamb to come out there and pull a rabbit out of his tail every single time when Michael Gallup hasn't really – he hasn't really had the same production prior to his injury. Right. I also believe that their offense is different as well. So that plays in. Mm -hmm. The other part, too, is they don't have somebody else – that the defense really says, oh, no, we need to be careful of this. They don't have the explosive run game anymore. Now, let's play it through. He goes in there, and he's in shotgun formation. Look at all those guys coming. Got their ears ears peeled back. He can't really throw the football, right? So he throws the football, bang, here they come. Makes a decision. Doesn't get the catch. Right. And why he doesn't get the catch is they run a little rub route, doesn't rub all the way completely. And so, bang, he doesn't get there. Right. Now, let's go to Dax. Let's go to the pass where Dak goes out of bounds. So that they overturn that catch. It's not a touchdown. We caught it. They just said he didn't break the, the goal line. He didn't. He didn't. His knee was down. Yeah, no. His knee uh, was down and the ball was outside the end zone. Yeah. So they left. I think they left what? 21 points. On the off the board, probably. I mean, it's even when it, their their final drive, they were in the red zone and then penalty, penalty, sack. Like they just yeah. kept moving backwards. It's it's only the Cowboys. Only the, only the Cowboys consistently find ways to do this every week, right? Guys are pressed up, play action. But look, in play action, they still got pressure. CD Lamb is up top. He runs a little. He runs a little dagger route. 
and Dak is going out of bounds. Well, one, why does Dak run out of bounds? Oh, you can't have that. Dak is being pursued. So he's, he's, he's running for his life. Look, look at all the guys in green. They aren't there to welcome him. Like when you get to Hawaii and they give you uh, the little thing that goes over your head to say, hey, aloha. Hey, come in. We're welcoming you. Those, those dudes are trying to do harm. So he's trying to get out there and get enough room. Hey, if he was a size seven shoe, he probably wouldn't have this problem. But the fact he's a grown man, he's a superior athlete. So he got a he got an athlete's foot. That's not his fault. But how about the offensive line actually get a little bit of blockage so he's not running from his life immediately? Look at this. Look at the center. Three guys in pursuit. So three guys in pursuit, Coley. How do you handle three guys in pursuit? Guy How like me. With this play? Yes, guy like you. Are you running? Hey, let's take this on. Because you remember you're six foot five now. Ah, uh, grabbing him by his right under the shoulder pad right here. Boy, st- spiking st- him to the ground, standing <laughs> oh, tall man. in the pocket, little pump fake, get him in the air, go around him. I okay. walk in. I do the Josh Allen yep. point at him. <laughs> so the Cowboys couldn't run the football. Here's another stat that I thought was good, though. The Eagles on fourth down in 2023 for one or three yards, they are 11 for 14. They're running the football, right? The third quarter pass to Devontae Smith, bro. First of all, it was a dime right on the money. And... I feel bad for the Dallas Cowboys with losing digs outside of Stephon Gilmore. Man, it, it's it's a fall off. I mean, they're lined up on the 30-yard line right now. Pressed up, single high. Mono versus Imano. Man versus man. And who you got? I got the Slim Reaper. That's who I got. So you got a double move and then a dime. Hold on, pause it right there. You know what I, I really noticed? Jalen Hurst is always like, he squats down, and then he raises up, keeping his eyes down to the, uh, keeping his eyes, moving the safety, keep holding the safety in the middle of the field, holding the linebackers. Look Now, look at this protection versus what we saw with Dak. <laughs> do, you notice, do you notice something different? So go ahead and play it. Look at this. Steps up. Follows through. And look at, oh, five-step drop. Give him time. Ah, throws the pass. Ding dong. Man. Now, Hurts is so tough. He's very clearly banged up. He's walking off on yeah, his own is. power. What does that do for the rest of the team when you know your quarterback, of all people, is like clearly playing through injury and he's not making excuses. He's going out there. He's still getting those tough runs. He's still making those throws. That has to jack everybody up. It does. There's two. These quarterbacks, watching Dak and watching Jalen Hurts, I was wild because that's the exciting quarterback play that you want. Mm -hmm. Guys that know, right, Dak steps out of bounds, but guys guys love the fact that you know your guy is going to put everything out on the line. You want to play for a guy like that. You you want us to get the opportunity to have the last shot because you know he's going to lay out and do whatever he wants. Like Dak Prescott 
trying to, you talk about the foot. How about the fact when he goes and tries to dive in from the five and gets flipped? Yeah. Right. He's saying, yo, I'm ready to go. Like this is, this is a big game. And let me go ahead and give everything I have because my guys are doing it. And I don't want to be a guy considered not going out there, giving all that I can. Like, watch this. He gets up there again. He goes, you know what? I'm going airborne. <laughs> now, it was a great thought, attempt. But, but shout out to Big Play Slay of having a clean hit, not going for, going for his lower body in the hit, but not going for his knees. And that's something. Look how he, he goes down, but he braces with his back to hit him right. instead of shooting for the lower ankle, yeah. for the lower legs, man. And I respect that from big play slay. I think that's how you play football right there. Now, again, guy like me, I'm, I'm hurling him clean. He doesn't even know what happened. Yeah. I'm... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. that, that's, called re, that's what we call retaliation. That's what it's going to be called. But the, the, the thing that I, I was I, – I'm looking at, one, the Dallas Cowboys struggle because you have C.D. Lamb all over the field. Brandon Cooks is more of a first and second down. They're hardly utilizing him in the third down. Not sure why. With Michael Gallup, you could tell he's being used outside, but he's, he's really the intermediate throw guy. What the Dallas Cowboys are missing is that Amari Cooper, that vertical threat that someone has to threaten the defense, keep the defensive coordinator up, concerned and worried that there's too many guys that we got to cover. And that's not the case for the Dallas Cowboys right now. And the explosive runs with Tony Pollard last year are not even close this year. No. No, he doesn't look fully recovered or the same guy yet. I'm not ruling it out yet. But if it's the same medical staff who got Gallup to where he's at, I'm, I'm not super optimistic. Uh, That's your words, not mine. No, I, yeah, for sure, mine. When when you're talking <laughs> when you're talking CD, would you describe him as a coverage dictator? Mm, coverage dictator, I like that. So I tried to talk about this, but we didn't have time. We were frankly coverage dictator. Here's what a coverage dictator is. Normally, when the defense is talking about uh, talking about strength, right? Normally, it's wherever the tight end is. That's where they call it the strength. Mm. A coverage dictator is this. We know what the strength is. Right, right, right. But the coordinator is saying the strength is actually wherever that prolific pass catcher is. CeeDee Lamb is the coverage dictator. He keeps the defense coordinator up at night. He knows if he cannot contain or slow him down, it's going to be a bad day. And when you have a coverage dictator like a CeeDee Lamb where he's lined up on the left, they're going to rotate and say, hey, Tight ends over here, but the guy we need to be concerned with is over here. And so he's dictating the coverage of how it's going to be run. Is it to buzz and buzzing to him? And whether your team is good right now or bad, the coverage dictator is we remove that guy, but the two and three wide receivers have to take advantage. That gives you one-on-one to get that double move against a lesser DB with digs out, all of a sudden now, you got a one-on-one double move touchdown. Dallas Goddard, you got running underneath. At the end of the day, the Dallas Cowboys are a really good team. But the Philadelphia Eagles are a better team. 
They really are. The the Eagles last year at this point, they were just blowing everybody out. This year it's been more tightly contested games. Does that should that worry Eagles fans or is there a positive like, hey, come playoff time, it's probably not gonna be blowouts. We need to know how to win closer games. It really has to do with what I think people aren't paying attention to. And this has been the case for two different teams with the same problems, but people aren't talking about them. And so I think we should talk about them here. Brian Johnson, offensive coordinator, it's his first year. Here's the quarterback coach. The quarterback coach last year for the Kansas City Chiefs was Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy is now the offensive coordinator. And everybody's talking about the wide receivers for the Kansas City Chiefs, which is kind of true because they are guys who are situational guys who weren't starters. Rasheed Rice was in college last year, right? Juju Smith-Schuster, he knows how to play football, but he's not going to, like, he, when you, you're not going to put Juju Smith-Schuster in the same category, A.J. Brown and Tyreek Hill, are you? No, right? But when you put him with a Patrick Mahomes, he becomes significantly better. When you put him with a Ben Roethlisberger and a good, uh, good offense, he becomes significantly better. Changing our offense coordinator does not mean you're going to have the same success just because it's the same team. Right. And that's the result for the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. New coordinators, new philosophies, new thoughts, new rules, new responsibilities. And when you don't add that equation, that's why you frustrate them. I think that's a big part of why the Bills have plateaued or taken a step back too. You got Dave All in, in New York and, and Ken Dorsey doesn't seem to have the same juice, at least with the Bills that Dayball had. What about what the Dolphins, are they, are they, do they belong in this top tier? I don't know that anyone in the AFC East belongs in this top tier. The, the longer this season goes, Dolphins against winning teams during this McDaniel era haven't, haven't really shown up yet. So I was watching a game uh, in Frankfurt Stadium, had a great time. Stadium was great. It only had 50,000. It made me think about this, right? Mm-hmm. It's totally off subject. Okay. Small market teams need to start making stadiums that are significantly smaller. I think put them in a 50, 50 or 60, right? Don't jam pack at 80 because now when you're not winning, people aren't coming to the game. Quiet. Also, too, we're having so many football games almost every day of the week. We got Monday, right? I got a cover. We got Black Friday now. We got Thursday night football, Monday night football, Saturday night when holidays come, Sunday night. Man, anybody ain't got time to be out late all the time every day of the week. <laughs> Man. We got jobs. Hey, people got, jo- hey, people got jobs. Well, some of us got jobs. I don't really have a job. You know what I get to do? I get to travel around the world. You get to go to these games that no one else has time I for. I get to go to these games, right? And say, hey, they got some pretty good restaurants, right? <laughs> um, but here's what I thought. I, everybody keeps talking about Mike McDaniels and his schemes, that he's so innovative. And he is. But one of the things I thought about is for every offense that's doing something new, there's always a good old-fashioned defensive-minded coach who can slow down the new stuff. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs had an excellent game plan. Their game plan was apply pressure, play a shell. Who was the coverage dictator? Tyreek Hill. They, they slowed down Tyreek Hill, and I really l- admire Mike McDaniels of saying, look, we're, you're playing your old team. We gonna, you, gonna, you, you will be featured. You're going to get every opportunity. 
to talk your talk, to show up and play. And I love that. Now, Spags had a better, uh, had a, another idea to say, hey, we know Mike McDaniel is going to give you every opportunity. And so hey, here, guys, don't go for the tomfoolery. Don't go for the double move. Keep everything in front of you. McDuffie, excellent game. He stepped up because when Snead got hurt and they went to work, but, man, played an excellent game. Shell coverage, kept everything in front of him, didn't allow any explosive plays. Now, it doesn't hurt that Waddle back flared up again, so you lost that. Man, I saw Wilson on the sideline. I thought he was more of a, a, a smaller frame guy that can that's quick. Man, he's actually pretty – he put on a little bit of weight. He's he's bulked up a little bit. And and I and I now it connects the dots going, man, he seemed to have a better a better chance at contested catches, right? He, it, I, obviously, last year he was hurt a little bit, so we didn't get to see him much. But I think this is a guy they can rely on too when teams start to try to eliminate and take away Tyreek Hill and if Waddle's not available right, to go in there. And I think this is an opportunity where we could see Robbie Anderson maybe come, or chosen come back, be in a lineup because of that speed that they have, the vertical threats, all the stuff that's going on. But what really took a toll in this game for me is Moster running the football. When they actually came back in that third and fourth quarter is when they started handing the ball off to Moster. When they start handing it off to him, man, things got difficult real quick. That man was running with some passion, some pissed offness that put them back in the game. I'm consistently shocked teams abandon the run down 14 or 21 even when there's that much time left in the game. A, like we talked about with the Bills, you're already giving the defense more uh, data than they need. And B... You only, it's only three scores. Like, I understand it's seven. I understand the, the NFL scoring is by sevens and threes. You're down three. Like if you were playing baseball, you're down three nothing. It's not the end of the world. You do not have to abandon half of the game just because you're down three. But I, I, I got to tell you a quick story. Uh, I, I got a chance to see Moster, and, um, and I, I didn't, you know, he's, I say, hey, bro, man, stop telling people you old. And I was watching him play. And I didn't realize at the time he was with the Arizona Cardinals when I was a, when I was in Baltimore. And he walks up to me. He says, "Hey, AOG, uh, when you gonna shut it down?" And he told me the story, and I said, "Oh goodness, what did I say?" <laughs> this is why he was and hurt he the said, first three years of his career because he said that to you. <laughs> Stop that! Don't put that narrative out there. Um, and I looked at him and I said, hey, I said, hey, young buck, uh, I'm going to shut it down when I feel like shutting it down. But today you're about to get that work. <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, man, he said, when I told him that, how I said it, he said, he was like, dang, not dang, how can I talk to him like that? He was like, dang, this dude is near the end of his career. He's older and he's still hungry like it's his rookie year. Right. And he said, when I did that, and I said, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make something happen so I could go ahead and set the family up. And he said, man, I, I realized that you got to stay hungry. And he said, man, ever since then, ever since you talked to me that way, he said, it inspired me to realize 
man, I got to be hungry every day. And I was kind of shocked. And like, it, if it actually encouraged and filled me up because I was just being myself. Right. Right. And I was at that, at that pivotal point where you got to decide, man. Yeah. Father time is knocking. No one can beat father time, but you can show pause that thing a little bit, put that thing on slow play a little bit, just to get a little bit more out yourself, out that team and out of everyone. And I think Raheem Moster has been that guy. And I love the way he's playing. I, and I told him, stop telling people you're old. Because if you tell people you're old, the narrative is going to be, oh, he's past his prime. Right. The, the league is already discounting running backs. Don't give them more ammunition and opportunity to discount you even more. Keep running that ball with purpose. And, man, it was awesome, man. It was that moment. And that was that moment that I get an opportunity when I'm sitting on the sidelines sometimes to have interactions and conversations with players. For whatever he told me that I gave him, he actually gave me something that sometimes you, you know, you play this game long enough, you become numb to the small little nuggets, the the small aha moments. And that was obviously what seven, almost ten years ago. Yeah. And that aha moment was pretty cool. And I bet, I mean, I'm sure he was practice squad guy, you know, fifty third man on the roster then. And I bet when you come into the league, you see all the the talent you're up against to stay in the league. You think you have no choice whether or not you stick in the league. A lot of guys I imagine are pretty resigned to the fact like if I get hurt, if I fumble, I'm out and no one's going to pick me up again. I think you saying that was like, oh, he's actually deciding how long he's going to stay in this league, not the other way around. I think that mentality can do a lot for a lot of guys. Not saying it will work for everyone, but I think that mentality, that little switch, I'm using the league, the league's not using me, could help a lot of people. Well, one of the things I always believed in my mind, I always say, look, we're going to get fired. They're going to fire you someday. So you have the opportunity. You're going to get fired doing it your way, or you're going to get fired sitting at home going, I wish I hoped I would have done this or done that. Yep. So I was, my thought was always, man, hey, they're going to replace me at somebody, one of these days. Are they going to replace me with regret and missed opportunities? Are they going to replace me or are they going to try to replace me and saying they haven't replaced me? I always thought I walked in there saying, you think there will be another name. There never will be another name on the back 89. That was my thought. Mm-hmm. That was the way I played. That was my demeanor every single day. Now that didn't always, that wasn't always good, but it is what it is. No, but I think it's one of those things where if you look at small moments, you're probably like, ah. But when you look at the entire picture, it's like, yeah, that mentality is why you had such a long, successful career. Yeah. I mean, it worked out. You know, as some people will say. Uh, the, which the entire was, uh, the entire forest is beautiful. Individual trees may have a ton of rot in them, but the entire forest is beautiful. Yeah. Well, hey, hey. I'll, I, I said it, you know, we edited it out last week, but I'll keep it, I'll keep it 100. People have told me I haven't won a championship. I have embraced it. You're right. I haven't won a championship. Thank you for acknowledging that. And since you have all the spare time, put it on my Wikipedia, man. You can edit Wikipedia. Go ahead and put it on there, man. So let's move on in the groundbreaking rookie New record with the Houston Texans against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I got a few questions that I'll throw out to you, and you tell me uh, 
you tell me what this you you tell me. Here's the questions I had, right? What were the Bucks thinking? <laughs> <laughs> these, are, these are my questions, right? I've I've really started to like when I when I do this stuff, I write like what am I looking for and why? So I'm going just with my questions. What were the Bucks thinking? Barely blitzing. Right? CJ Stroud. They did blitz them. They weren't sitting in shell all the time. Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay is ranked third in blitz percentage. So it's not like all of a sudden, ah, you know, um, I feel bad for Baker Mayfield. And I said his name. I haven't said his name in probably about two years. Uh, so Baker Mayfield was three and four against rookie quarterbacks in his career. He is now three and five versus rookie quarterbacks. And then, how does this work for the Houston Texans? Because they were allowing only 18.3 points per game, six in the NFL. Uh, they, let, they, they, they allowed a whole bunch of points. <laughs> I mean, it was, it, it was pretty ridiculous, right? So to answer my own question, I'll let you answer it first. What do you think the, uh, 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 the Bucks were thinking? For this game, it feels strange because – the book on CJ coming out of Ohio State was you want to pressure him. Ohio State quarterbacks in general, you want to pressure him. You want to get him off their mark. That's the way to have the most success. And the Texans' offensive line since preseason has been banged up. They've gotten injuries at every single position there. So that's where it's like, yeah, I don't know why you would just let him sit in the pocket and, and let him pick you apart like that. They ran shell coverage. They ran press coverage. They did a lot of coverage. But yet, C.J. Stroud had all the time in the world to just sit back there and just go through his progressions and throw the football. Now, before we get into that breakdown, I have to say this, because people here in Carolina and all over are starting to compare the two. And they're starting to say that this was a mistake. I don't know if it was a mistake, because here's why. The Houston Texans offensive line and their backups, because the offensive line have been hurt, mm -hmm. and their backups are better offensive line than the Carolina Panthers. They just are. People don't want to admit it. People want to compare Bryce to CJ. They're in two totally different situations. CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans, his 475 yards, his rookie record uh, t topped Andrew Luck. Comparing the offensive line for the Houston Texans and just where the Houston Texans are offensively and comparing the Carolina Panthers offensive line and where their offense is today. It's like comparing the Carolina Panthers offense right now is a snack, an appetizer. PB&J, Uncrustable, some chips, and applesauce and a juice and a spork, okay? That's what it is. But the Houston Texans are a steak, bro. They are a, they are a meal. Steak, mashed potatoes, uh, you can or sweet potatoes. They were blitzing in different. They were blitzing. They were trying to blitz. Uh, White gets on the blitz. They run three, gets a blitz, and he sacks him. Carlton Davis had a tough day. Just facts. He had a tough day. Somebody, uh, somebody tweeted at me and said, "I remember you telling the Panthers to pick Mingo over Tank Dell and Josh Downs. That was uh, Mingo's." Terrible. No, he's not. Mingo is exactly what this offense is. Developing, not looking great, but it's still a work in progress. 
Tank Dell is in a better system right now and firing on all cylinders. Just plain and simple. What I really love Dalton Schultz is not playing with anybody. <laughs> Bro, did you see him stiff arm Levante David and run over White and look at him? He looked at him sideways, too. I mean, stared him down. Stared him down like he shot a three, and he told him right before, you know I'm about to shoot a three on you. They got Noah Brown, and then they had Nico Collins lined up. Then they had Nico Collins and Tank. Then they had Tank and Brown. They had so much different combinations. And why this why this wide receiver group is so potent is because you got different styles, different styles of pass catching by your receivers. That makes it difficult. If you're going to run this shell, you got a guy who's a vertical threat. Then you got a guy who tank who's a vertical threat, but then horizontal, who can stop on a dime, give you 10 pennies, then come back inside, and then high step, and then get down. Then you got uh, Noah Brown, who's just big-boying people, huh? And then Nico, he goes, so let's run this play the first touchdown. They run this play with Nico Collins. It's man-to-man. I think it's Dean. He was having a rough day, too. They get in an RPO out of shotgun. Then they fake it right, gets everybody to commit, taking a page out of Miami Dolphins' book, which is get behind the defense by making them commit, by running the play, actually, because they consistently are running the football. They're not abandoning it, even if it doesn't work. He runs a quick slant. Everybody's there, throws the pass. Bro, wide open. And then you got Nico just big boying. If you don't come with your weight, son, you're not going to make the tackle by yourself. That's just not going to happen. So what have you seen this year? Because I remember Nico coming out of Michigan was very high on his skill set. Last two years, obviously. Still still, still high on his skill set. Just because because you play well in college doesn't mean it's going to automatically equal success because you can big boy somebody in college and get little boy in the NFL. No doubt. No doubt. But it was the first two years, obviously, inconsistent quarterback play, multiple head coaches, multiple systems, showed some flashes, never really had anything sustained. And then this year, is that everything just coming into place for him? Is it the the team? Everybody's on, yes. on a different page? Andre and him have been working together for the last couple of years. And then now you get a head coach, offensive coordinator, quarterback, offensive line other receivers, and you put all those together, and what do you have? A potent offense. They're just a, be- they're a better team than the Carolina Panthers. They off- their offense of line is, 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 is substantially better. The depth is better. The backups are better of the offensive line. They just are. And you're comparing, you are comparing CJ's situation to Bryce's, and I'm not making an excuse. I'm stating a fact. They're just not comparable. Yeah. They're not. It's it's too early to make any declarations on who's better. That's a three, four-year thing. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not working. It's not working in the benefit of Bryce. But at the same time, they're just at a different point of their careers, even though they just started, right? Tank Dell. There's a play against Tank Dell, uh, which took the game into a 23-22 
right? C.J. Stroud just started to pick the defense apart. They sitting in his shell, and he was back there. He had all the time in the world, bro. At the, I could tell you exactly when the game changed. In the third quarter, at the 12-minute, 38-second-minute mark, when it was 20 to 10, the Bucks were up. And what happened next? Nico Brown, 70-yard pass. But the block by Tank Day mm. and then the stiff arm and then the missed tackle, that showed that team, hey, we can win this game. And so they started dialing up plays, and then it just got off the chain. And the play that I'm talking about that, that tied it up, they got a bunch formation. So that puts the DB off because they, when you're in a bunch formation, you don't want to get you don't want to get run into or guys you remember guys running into each other chasing another guy get concussed. So they put they put Tank right there off the ball, like he was in college. What what which what he he's done a great job of free access. You give him free access, it puts the quarter the cornerback at a disadvantage. Free access. They run a stutter and go out of bunch formation, 10 to 12 yards deep. And Carlton, Carlton Davis had to respect the speed and the routes. He breaks down just a smidgen, just a little, a pinch, a pinch of salt, slows him down just enough, puts on the burners, touchdown. Great throw by C.J. Stroud. And that's when the game started to change. That's when things got interesting. And then after that, you can start to see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensively has zero answers. Right. To be up 20 to 10, and you go ahead and, and give up basically 20 points. The Bucs could not score. They had to, they ended up kicking field goals. And the Houston Texans lost their field goal kicker. They had a backup <laughs> running back kicking a, a field goal and kicking off. Doing well. Oh, great. <laughs> it became a fun game. That, this is one of the best games of the season. Uh, and if you had told me that before the season, I would have said we're in trouble. Uh, but this was one of the more entertaining games, like with that, with those theatrics, with, with C.J. Stroud. I mean, he's coming off of a loss to Bryce a week ago, and then oh, really? Yeah. Wow, okay, you know. And then he dials up this performance. That's a big bounce back. A lot of players yes. they get a loss like that, they start doubting themselves. Not yeah. not CJ. That was a big boy win. Hey, well, exciting exciting day, man. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm Steve Smith, senior. Holy Mick.